Married with Children, the podcast. Hosted by Dustin and Callie. Two 30-somethings just trying to make it through everyday life. For show questions and feedback, marriedwithchildrenshow at gmail.com. Sponsored by Spring Valley Farms. Spring Valley Farms is a family-owned certified Angus farm that specializes in show cattle and freezer beef. If you have a young child breaking into the 4-H scene, there isn't a better place to visit than Spring Valley Farms. They aren't just looking to sell you a show heifer or show steer. They will be with you throughout the entire show experience. If you're a more experienced showman that would appreciate support from the farm that you buy your show cattle from, Spring Valley Farms is the place. The head herdsman for Spring Valley Farms has spent time working, showing, and fitting cattle at many Indiana regional shows along with the National Junior Angus Show. If you have interest in Spring Valley Farms, feel free to email us at marriedwithchildrenshow at gmail.com. And now it's time for the show. Welcome back to Married with Children, the podcast. Uh, big episode last week, to be honest. A lot of new listeners had NC in the studio with us. Um, and I said it last week, probably one of the funniest people I know. But got another guest tonight and kind of branching out into some new things. But first of all, my co-host as always, my beautiful wife, Callie. Hello. Definitely got some new people here, so it's exciting. Absolutely. And in in the studio with us tonight, uh, Matt, How welcome. Thanks. And uh, to be 100% honest, like most things I do, zero plan for this evening. Uh, I'm just going to kind of run with things and see where we go with it and end up. But the first thing right off the bat that I want to announce is Matt is here tonight because we have recorded our first podcast we're we're branching out to another another podcast i have traded out my partner in crime from cali to matt i would say i think he's ditching me well <laughs> i mean it's kind of like euchre partners i always try to it's avo- like i wasn't good enough for the first game and you said so you had to go to the next exactly yeah <laughs> i started with you and i realized because that's what you're supposed to do i'm supposed to start with you I mean, like as a partner, yeah, you're like, okay, well, I'll do that for a few rounds. And then now it's like, okay, well, I'll do with, I'll go somewhere else. Well, what I realized is, is that, and I, I text this to my buddies at Smugcast the other day. I realized that I ordered a new microphone and it came with the UPS guy. Thank goodness I got home before you got yeah. here. Yeah, you did. But then I realized it's really difficult to order toys for the podcast when your wife sits across from you. Well, you tried to play it off really well. Well, I, I told you that I got you a new microphone, yeah. which was true. Yeah, he comes out and he says, hey, I got you something. I'm like, okay, cool. He goes, look, you got a new microphone. And then I look at yours and I'm like, nope, I got your old microphone because you, new got, to a, you. you got a new microphone. New to you. Th- that's all that matters is the new to you part. <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely. I <laughs> absolutely. I mean, that's that's where I was at with it. and. And and my buddy at Smugcast, he said, well, I send all my packages to my co-host. And I said, well, he should start a, a whole, like, 
like service. Like he charges me $3 a package to have them delivered right. there and my wife doesn't know what I bought. I think that's a multi-million dollar idea. Yeah, unfortunately, I can usually tell some of the new stuff. Not always because I it's hard telling, but most of the new stuff that you get with with your podcast stuff. But look at how big I'm hitting it. I mean, I I'm, yeah. we're we're all over the place. I know. Worldwide from Crothersville, <laughs> Indiana. Who knew? And you have two podcasts now. I mean, you you are branching out. Yeah, what, I, I've doubled. I mean, I, my 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 podcast life has already doubled. Oh yeah. So anyway, I say all that to say that Matt is with us tonight because we are starting a podcast we're really excited about. It's called Throttled Up with Matt and Dustin, um, and it's going to be a weekly breakdown of racing, um, something we're both passionate about. Uh, Matt is the voice of Brownstown Speedway. The voice. Yeah. The It's like voice. a celebrity. Oh, he is. 100%. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm going to jump back and forth here again a little bit because we don't have a plan. We talked a lot in the first episode of Throttled Up, which will be available on Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts. We talked a lot about nicknames, Matt. Yes. And you are you are very well known for giving some very good nicknames to people. So I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit, and I'm going to say as, and I understand that the voice could be a nickname, but as the voice of, of Brownstown Speedway, what would Matt Staples' racing nickname be? <laughs> That's, you know, I've never thought about a nickname for me because, you know, I'm, you know, I'm kind of like Hoyland Jennings on the Dukes of Hazard. You know, he always saying, you know, why do they see my hands and not my face on TV? Well, I'm the, why do they hear my voice but don't ever see me? You know, so that's, uh, I've never thought of a nickname for me. So you're gonna have to just let me kind of, kind of ride on that one a little bit. <laughs> Which, and, if you and, listen to the first episode, this is the classic deferral from Matt because anytime you ask him a question, he'll defer back to somebody else and wait until I make my pick so he can make a well, better Dustin's pick. Well, Dustin's really good. He always, but he always throws me on the spot. Like he does the same thing to me. He'll ask me a question. I'm like, um, I don't know. I think you just kind of throw it out there. You're always the question see, it, person. It, it cost me on Throttled Up because you got to pick Larson and I didn't. Well, 100%. So, I, I knew so. where I was going with Larson. <laughs> I was hoping you wouldn't come back around to that one. So, yeah. so, so Callie, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw to you. What, oh, what, gosh. What would be your nickname? I don't have any idea. I'm not any good at nicknames nothing no nothing no zero well my mine would obviously be the roller coaster i mean if <laughs> if i was on the track is that I, right like you really think that's what it would be well, that's what I, you would want it to be well 100 percent. see i expected Kelly to come back to say you know, of love remember the old red hot chili pepper oh, song? oh yeah <laughs> so, see, i was waiting for her to say of love see, right. didn't happen <laughs> 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 I, that would be perfect what was i thinking <laughs> i would i would probably just go with the voice because you know you know that i'm also jennings county baseball the voice of jennings county Absolutely. baseball and jennings county you know football there you know i'm the voice of those also besides brownstown you know, and, yeah. and to be honest i mean we work next door to each other and in in you know offices right next door and really you're the voice of my office too because <laughs> you probably the, just talk like <laughs> well the walls are so thin and yeah. both of us have loud voices so he's really the voice of my office and i'm the voice of his office oh, yeah. you know I, I was amazed when maintenance was in my office the other day that it's actually there's actually uh insulation in there's walls. no way i don't believe it i they pulled it out i don't believe you know, it but, uh, <laughs> and, and i have to admit this and and me knowing you i think you're the same way if i hear you start talking 
I make my office quiet so I can hear. You know, <laughs> absolutely. It's like the entertainment for the day. <laughs> Let's just see what's going on over there. And the louder the voices go, the more entertaining it usually yeah, is. That's oh, a I'm fact. Sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Callie, we talked it, and I, again, I'm going to kind of throw this back and and to kind of partner with Throttled Up. Um, we talked obviously a lot about racing, and and I'm going to throw it to you on on your Brownstown grad. Yeah. What's your memories of Brownstown Speedway? Um, I think I've been there. I've actually been to the Speedway twice, and that was with you both times. <laughs> I know of one because it was last year to No Way Out 40, right? It was, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I do think I attended when I was in high school at one point. But you said you sat on I the hill sat at up the on Lake the and hill. Forest Club. Yep. <laughs> sat up on the hill at the Lake and Forest. So she cheated the price. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know. We could have paid those drivers ten dollars more, right? <laughs> but she sat up there on the line. I did. But Matt, don't worry. I've paid for her both times she's went with me. I made her actually pay to get it. Yeah, in. we paid that time. Those drivers appreciate that. Absolutely. That's why we're going to try and get them on the podcast. Uh, you know, no offense if you if you meet my wife. It you know it, she just she never got into the racing scene. <laughs> But I did tell Matt that we taught Alan what the stoplight meant. That's where, whenever he, we went there the first time when he came, I mean, when we brought him, that's where he started to learn the, like, stop is red and, you know, all of the, like, everything with the stoplight. (laughs) And I do believe he's going to be a race fan in the sense that he hated any caution lamps. He hated when the cars weren't on the track. His constant question was, when are they going to go fast? Yeah, he like. That's a good thing to hear right there. I'm, I'm glad yeah. to hear that. I mean, if, if you're going to go to the races, isn't that what it's all about? Is when they're when they're at you know, pedal to the metal and yeah, going as hard as he does. Enjoy that the entertainment for it. Yeah, for sure. And if I'm being a hundred percent honest, even with my background in athletics and some of the things that that my wife and I have coached, there's a huge part of me that really hopes he decides he wants to race something because. That's something I could really get behind. Well, you know, I'm going to tell you, my, my son, which you guys both know quite well, you know, he's he's going to be 22 here in July. When he was born, I thought, I have my race car driver, <laughs> you know, as soon as he was born. And the the first toy he ever played with was a ball, and that was all it was after that. And, you know, you guys know he's, you know, he plays baseball in college, but he is just now at 21 starting to really get interested in racing. So, you know. I lost because I, I really thought you know my race car driver was just born. We we're going to own a race car. We're going to go racing, and you're going to you're going to start small and then just keep building with the never happened moving up. Yeah, and that's that's part of what I'm worried about because the first toy my son probably played with is a tractor, and not that I don't love the tractor pulls. It's not nearly as exciting as sliding into turn four to come <laughs> for the checkers. At least in my world, I know there's several people that will disagree in the tractor pulling world. I'm worried that I'll end up at a tractor pull every weekend going in a straight line with no with no one on the track with me. Well, I'm going to argue there's more downtime at a tractor pull than there is a night of racing at a, oh, at a dirt track. Yeah. There's no doubt there's more downtime, especially when they don't have the sled right and they've got to keep oh, resetting yeah. it. And Alan, when we took him to the tractor pulls, he enjoyed the tractor pulls, but all that downtime in between, he was just like over it. <laughs> The like ten seconds it took it to pull down the down the thing, he was good. But so I'm going to try and raise him right. I'm going to try and bring him back around and 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 keep him interested in racing. And you know, we'll hopefully we can get him in a go kart and get him started. And and then uh, we'll see where that goes. Uh, I know yeah. that my wife 
cringes a little bit at the idea. And actually, <laughs> at the No Way Out 40, um, who was it that flipped last year? Oh, I can't. I can't remember who. I, who. Can't, I can't think of it either. But we're sitting there, and oh it, yeah, the, it couldn't have been worse timing for my future. But I'm sitting there, and I'm saying, this is what if I oh, had the, the Burton construction car right there at the end. I can't remember who was driving it last year, but yeah, I, I, I yeah, I can't remember the, either. But the four. I said I would love if it. And Callie and I had talked. I said if he was going to race something, this is my thing. And if you listen to to throttled up, you'll know that uh, uh, you know I'm. I'm heavy into the sprint cars and it couldn't have been 30 seconds after i said this is what i would want alan to drive that (laughs) that car goes tumbling over the outside banks and flipping multiple times and i just didn't say anything else the rest of the night i just thought "Mm." i'm like really really that's what you want you you can get hurt doing anything man so that's a (laughs) valid point you know that's a yeah my mom panicked when i played football in high school but i probably got my worst injury in track than I ever did. And I'm being serious. Tell that. that story, please, because I have heard that story. I, uh, if for the, those of you that know how, what, you know, what I look like now, I'm a little bit larger, but when I was in <laughs> high school, I was a lot skinnier and smaller and I actually pole vaulted for the high school track team. And, uh, I missed the foam pit and tore the end of my thumb off my sophomore year of high school and had to get constructive surgery to get my thumb put back on. And oh, like you, know, so, you legitimately tore it that off. Like yeah, sounds awful. Yeah, all the way off. You know, it, the bone was actually out, exposed to the air, and and you know, I had to take it to the teacher and show the teacher, hey, you know, I'm injured, need to go to the hospital. And uh, but you know, and I always reminded my mom of that. You know, I never all I got was bruises in in football, right. but I had to go have reconstructive surgery because of my track time. So. <laughs> It's a rough sport. <laughs> and you'll see that he said his son is a baseball player. He steered him way away from the, <laughs> the pole doing vaulting track, life. Yeah. Lane did run uh, cross country in, in middle school. And at that time, he was actually in the top five of all-time records for the middle school. But when he got to high school, he said he really didn't like it. So he, didn't, he never pursued it again. You yeah. Know, and I, I don't understand that either. They get good at it, and then it's just, it becomes boring to them. Well, and, and I hope that your son will listen to this podcast, because I'm just going to throw out his biggest mistake was never listening to me and not playing high school football. <laughs> and I'm going to tell a story, and uh, I mentioned it to you the other day when we were talking. Um, when Dustin was the high school football coach, he would come out when we would play the Little Blue on, on Sundays, and my son showed up and was just kind of hanging out with all the kids working the, the chain gang. <laughs> So in between games, Lane goes out on the field and throws this beautiful pass. <laughs> oh, it was un- it was unreal. Down to his buddy in the football field, and uh, I was announcing the the little blue games at that time. And uh, Dustin comes up to the to the booth, and he's like, "Tell your boy if you don't play for me to get off the fl- the field." So the game starts, and Lane comes back up to the tower with me, and, and I said, "Hey, Dustin said if you ain't playing for him, stay off the field." And he's like, "Oh." Okay, and he never went back out there after that. <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't work the way it helped. Yeah, I, yeah. Thought it would I think that kind of backfired on you. <laughs> Greatly. I thought it would force him back to and, – and Lane and I always had a great relationship, honestly. And and every year, and, and Lane will tell you, I recruited him every oh, yeah. year. <laughs> and, and I think I was even recruiting him his senior year when he was going into baseball season. He had no eligibility left. Just yeah. because I knew the kid could have played and helped us. And, you know, I, I'm going to blame me and Nick on that because he did go out for a little blue football when he was a kid. And somehow in practice, he got his hand between his face mask and another kid's face mask in a drill. 
and it busted the end of his finger open, and he was done after that. He was afraid that he was going to get hurt and not be able to play baseball, so he, he gave it up right there. Well, it probably came back to you telling the stories of you getting your finger, your thumb ripped off and pole vaulting, and <laughs> yeah, he thought, this is as close as I'm ever going to get. You're, you're probably right. You know That, that, that wasn't good. <laughs> Speaking of Nick... I mean, let's pick on Nick for a little bit. <laughs> and hey, I know he is a subscriber to your podcast. Is that he right? Is. I guess I get text messages. Um, he does listen, and he actually texts me the other night about the the uh, episode with NC. But he'll also text me and just say, "Hey, doing paperwork, listening to your podcast." So he does <laughs> he does subscribe and listen. And I, let's be honest: is there anybody that's really better to pick on than than Nick? You know what? I'll probably listen to you pick on him, but I can't pick on him. You know, me and Nick have known each other for uh, 36, 36 years now. Me and Nick Mangle have been friends. So, I, you know, I'm going to give a big shout out to him. <laughs> and uh, that's another man that is a huge race fan. You're not kidding. And uh, actually, on my way over here tonight, I sent him a text and said, are you interested in going with me? Because I thought we could just snag him in as, as our first guest on Throttled Up. I would have been I would have been pumped about it. And he's he's remodeling his rental house, and he passed on me. But, uh, you know, he is also a car owner because his son, Dakota, races a TQ Midget. So, you know, he would fit right in on that. So. Absolutely. I'm going to tell this story, and, and I tease because I don't know that I've really picked on Nick a whole lot in my life because Nick has done a ton for me. And, and when I came to Jennings County in 2009 as an assistant coach, Nick jumped in and helped take over our youth football program. And I'm going to tell you right now – you talk about a guy that cares about kids and is a kid-first mind. There's nobody better than him. Yep. I totally, totally agree with you on that. But I am going to tell one one hilarious story that's one of my favorites that I've ever had. And his son, Dakota, that, that you just mentioned, raced TQ Midgets, played football for me and loved Dakota to death. Actually, just saw Dakota at Country Mark the other day and was talking to him a little bit in the parking lot and Love him to death. But Dakota, we had we had weightlifting after school. And Dakota had forgotten his shoes. Had no tennis shoes. So he had to call his dad during school to ask his dad to go home. Because he, he, couldn't, he couldn't get from school. Because I think Dakota was even driving this time. He couldn't get from school and home. And they lived close to the high school. Home and back in time that he wasn't going to have punishment from for me late. for being late. So he called his dad. And we all know. I mean... As a father, there's a special connection between father and son. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the it's the first time you truly understand unconditional love and that you would do anything. Take a bullet for your child. So Dakota calls Nick and says, hey, Nick, I, I've, I've forgotten tennis shoes. I have none of them. Nick shows up at the high school, and he brought Dakota tennis shoes without, without any problem. And he brought him two different shoes two different ones yeah one one shoe was like a nike for the left foot and a reebok for the right foot so but he did did he at least bring a left and a right yes he brought a left and a right but two two totally different tennis shoes because he wanted dakota to remember to never forget his tennis shoes again and i have never forgotten that my son is only three and a half but when my son's 15 (laughs) and forgets his tennis shoes he will get two different tennis shoes because nick magel taught me that lesson one of the greatest things I've ever seen is Dakota. And I honestly, I don't even think they both fit correctly. I think one was like a size 9 and one was like a size 11. And Dakota had to squeeze into them. But I'll be honest, I never had another day Dakota forgot his tennis shoes after that. I bet not. So forget your tennis shoes. Dad will bring you two separate ones. 
That's awesome. But I would agree, Nick, definitely one of one of the the best guys I've ever been around. And you know, he is a definite asset to our community oh. because, like you said, for multiple years now, he has been the commissioner of the youth football program, and uh, I mean, he grabs those bull that bull by the horns by himself. You know, he organizes all the the referees. You know, the, the kids work in the concession stand, the front gate. He lines out all the teams. He goes and meets with the coaches in other communities. I mean, you know, if we, we do anything else tonight, I'm glad that we acknowledge him and the effort he puts forth to our football program and to the, the youth in our community. And I'll, and I'll be honest about that. I think the amazing thing is, is that I don't know how many people truly know that. And when I say that, it's because it's not about Nick Magel. Oh, not at all. It's, it, the youth, it's the youth of our community. Yeah, it, it's not about look at me, I'm the commissioner. And when I say that, I don't mean it by that people don't respect him. It's the fact that he constantly is working to put kids first. That's exactly right. And, you know, he wants to build our football team. You know, and, and you can see that, you know, he's working them, you know, with the flag football with with the little kids. And then he works it up to, you know, the tackle football with the fifth and sixth graders and you know, I take my hat off to him. I'm very proud to say that he's my friend because of that also. And I can tell you, I, I you know, I coached for a long time and there is nothing more vital to a high school football coach than having a youth coordinator. And there was nobody better for me than Nick. And 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 I do, and I agree with you. If there's anything we do right tonight, which there's a good chance this is it. So let's. <laughs> it is early in the show. Let's let's just get it out of the way right off the bat. Check that one off your list. Yeah, we've done something good. You know, Nick. I, I, you know, the Jennings County community appreciates you. Um, the Jennings County community needs you, and and we we thank you for everything that you do. What you got, Cal? You're nothing, looking at me. Nothing. I'm waiting on you. You got nothing. No. Nope. Hey, I will tell you a funny. Matt and Nick story since before we get off of Nick. Well, I think that's only only necessary. And I'm not gonna be able to tell you what year it is, but it's it's been an, a bit back in the past. Between nineteen seventy six and two thousand and eighteen. It would almost say it was close to maybe two thousand four, two thousand five is, is, okay. is, is where we're at. Me and, and Nick decide we're gonna go to the Indy five hundred up in Indianapolis. <laughs> We have another buddy that lives over in Seymour, and he tells us about this place that we're going to park and we're going to camp and and we're going to have this great time. So we go up on a Friday, and we we borrow a camper from another mutual friend of ours, and Nick's got the truck, and we pull it up there, and we got a generator for the air conditioner because, I mean, it was May, but it was like one of those hot Indiana days. Well, and let's be honest. Again, I'm going to go back to you talked about you being a smaller guy in high school and this isn't a shot at nick because i'm a bigger guy too and and air conditioning to a big guy vital oh definitely vital so we're we're in this nice camper we got you know he's got a bed i have a bed and uh we're looking out this camper because you know if there's nothing going off the track we're hanging out we're having a good time but we're in the camper because it is smoldering hot and we're looking across <laughs> this you know we're, we're in this big field right there by the, the speedway and we're watching these two guys that pulled in in a little passenger car. And they start out with just two lawn chairs sitting in the blazing sun on Friday night. The sun goes <sighs> down and it gets comfortable. So, you know, everybody gets out and starts mingling. Absolutely. So Saturday comes along and, you know, we, we go over to the racetrack during the day for the pit competitions. And they had a concert and, and all that. 
Well, the guys went, I guess, to a dollar store somewhere and came back with a small table and an umbrella. <laughs> so me and Nick are like documenting. Hey, these guys are, you know, they're getting out. They're of the, upgrading. They're, yeah, they got some shade. But <laughs> they're not total idiots. They have they have upgraded quickly. They've learned. And, and, and we're still sitting in our camper with the generator running, pumping our air conditioning. Sunday morning comes along, and we get up, and they tell on the radio, it's the fourth hottest Indy 500 in the history of the Indy 500. Oh so, you know, it is miserable. So we're sitting in here, and, and to help with the story a little bit, Nick has a extended or a long bed truck pulling this 30-some foot camper. Okay, that's what we pull in with. So we're sitting there, and it's probably 10 o'clock in the morning, and it's already horrible outside. People are all pulling in to park, and you got all the foot traffic, everybody going over to the speedway. And all of a sudden, we hear the brrrr of the generator runs out of gas. So me and Nick kind of look at each other for maybe 15, 30 seconds, and we just decide we're going to go home. So we get up, load our stuff up, never unhooked the camper to begin with, get in the truck, and as everyone else is trying to pile in to go watch the race, we are dri- we're driving out, <laughs> driving back to North Vernon, and we just decide to watch the race on TV oh, no. because we're like, we're not going to sit here without this air conditioning and pumping on this, these two guys. So, yeah, we camp, we camp Friday and Saturday – and Sunday morning, as soon as the generator ran out of fuel, we were done with the Indy 500. We did, we <laughs> camped all weekend to go home and watch it on TV. So that's awesome. <laughs> when the fuel's out, it's time to pack yeah, up and, and go. That's you know, people. You know, we went over it. We camped and and came home and still watched the race on TV. You know, so that's that. I mean, again, I'm going to go back to when you're a bigger guy. Air conditioning's vital. Oh yeah, you know it, that we was, went to panic mode when we heard that thing run up because we didn't bring no extra gas, you oh, know. Shit. So, <laughs> I <laughs> that's the first time I've heard that story, yeah. but that is that is priceless. That's I almost awesome. told it to you today, but I thought I'm gonna hold that back so I can I get like some it. real reaction for that. You know, so. you're already a podcaster because you're, you have saved. Well, that's a lot better than what Dustin does because he likes to tell everybody stories beforehand and then he gets to tell them again. Well, you know, we talk every. Me and Dustin talk every day, so it's going to be hard not to tell a story. That, <laughs> it'll be new to you, but you'll be like, oh, I've heard this one. You know, so. I mean, because. Uh, Honestly, Matt and I are probably around each other about as much as you and I are. Oh, I believe that. Oh, no, I totally believe that. It's right there next door to each other. Um, So (laughs) I I keep laughing, but it, it is funny to me because tomorrow is the high school basketball regional. And uh, we're recording this on Friday night. The big Seymour basketball regional goes on tomorrow. And, and it, it kind of reminds me when you say you guys just packed up and left as everybody's coming in. We There were no tickets you couldn't find. Even Seymour High School, you had to have a Seymour address on your ID. They were ID checking your ID. That's to, unreal. To like you couldn't go, just go to Seymour High School and get them. They said, I saw online, they were you were, had to show your ID that you were from Seymour. And it's obviously, it's a, it's a Romeo Langford effect. Everybody wants to see Romeo except for myself and my wife (laughs) we have regional tickets for tomorrow because evansville north is playing there and and their head coach jason roach and i don't know if jason listens to this but a huge shout out to jason and congratulations he's one of the best guys i know him and i coached seventh and eighth grade girls basketball (laughs) together back in the day 2008 yeah We, we were coaching girls basketball together and and jason has always been a friend of mine but Won the last two sectionals at Pike Central High School. Went to Evansville North this year. Was not expected to win, 
knocked off Castle in the last say, upset game. Upset a couple teams for sure. Uh, well, beat three teams that beat him in the regular season right. during sectional and, and ended up at, at the regional. And I was teasing Jason the other day. I said, I am probably the only person headed to Seymour High School tomorrow morning that doesn't care about Romeo Langford being there because I'm there for Jason Roach. So right. in the same way you just packed up and said, hey, we were good with the first part, that's kind of like me because we've had multiple, multiple people ask us, what are you doing with your night tickets? <laughs> yeah. We're like, yeah, probably not going to the night game. No, we probably are when Roach upsets Center Grove there tomorrow. And it's it's New Albany versus Evansville yeah. North tomorrow night. Which, by the way, you know, I, I, they said at school that they are also having the SAT at Seymour High School tomorrow. <laughs> Why would they have ever? <laughs> they told they sent a, a memo out and told uh, us to tell our kids to have the kids be there by seven fifteen to make sure because they were afraid they wouldn't find a parking spot. Which is <laughs> which is I mean obviously I mean even though the game doesn't start till ten thirty last I mean well, last the, week the they were Romeo up, game doesn't start till twelve right and what was it last week the night game obviously started at. 7.30 or whatever, they said there were people lining up at like 12.30 I can, in their lawn chairs. Well, I can promise you this. We will not be there at 7.15. You know, now. they said that uh, somebody also said they were putting uh, porta-potties up at the Seymour School for people that, like, when they're sitting in line. It, I don't know if that's true or not, but I think they said that it was in the paper. I haven't looked at the paper, though. That is the... that. that I'm is, like, is that for real? <laughs> but I will say, as a school that plays in that sectional... He raised eighty one thousand oh, dollars. Yeah, yeah. Because Seymour Seymour's gymnasium holds eighty one hundred people, I believe, and at ten dollars a ticket, it was eighty one thousand was the intake from the Romeo Langford effect at Seymour. Well, that, that gym no. was packed Friday and Saturday night, I think. Seymour doesn't get all that money, right? Not at all. No, that actually there is a percentage taken off the top, and forgive me, I don't know exactly what that is that the state pulls. And then the rest of it is all split evenly between the teams that play in the sectional. Okay, because I was curious about that. Since you know Seymour hosts, because they I, host it every year. Now, yeah, well, that's the size of the gymnasium, right? Is, absolutely, is they is. get a hundred percent of the the concessions, concessions, which is their their, and they probably made more than eighty one thousand off concessions. I would say so. There was a <laughs> lot of people. A lot there. of people, yeah. And obviously, we didn't go back for the Saturday night game. When it was New Albany versus Even the Tuesday, Floyd. even the Tuesday night game, there was still quite a few people there for that first game. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, I think Floyd Central represented better Tuesday night than any other school that was there. That, I, that was huge. There was a lot of people there. Yes. That was unbelievable. I, was, I mean, their student section. Oh yeah. I don't know. It's been a long time since I've seen a student section that big and that loud. But I will throw out to them, and Jeff Sequera is the AD at Floyd Central. Floyd Central played at Brownstown last year at the high school, mm-hmm. and, and I went to that ball game. My wife obviously works at Brownstown Central High School. They brought a fan bus with probably 15 or 20 high school kids, but they brought like 40 middle school kids. It, it was, was like the their like middle school, 7th and 8th grade, like boys, I mean, or whatever. But it was like to train those kids to become in, in the, the student, student section. section in the high school. Yeah. And Sequera walked in and said 60 tickets. He already had the money ready, bought every kid a ticket in. They had a fan block on this away game. He had They were stopping for pizza. Everything was planned. And it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen because these middle school kids started getting that buy-in to the student section. You know, 
our student section stepped it up this year. And Absolutely. That should be something they should take note of and try to see if they can incorporate yeah. uh, teaching our middle school kids how to be fans in the student section. That That's an awesome idea. And I love that they did it on an away game because it doesn't take away from the high school kids that want to be there at the home game in the student section. And those kids get it, – it kind of builds that camaraderie that oh, we definitely. ride on the bus together. We got to – we got to go to this well, place. I mean, and, and it was a. I mean, I think it was a pretty competitive game, so it was it was a cool game for them to go to and be a part of. Absolutely, absolutely. So obviously, you know, big day of basketball tomorrow in the state of Indiana. We've talked a lot of racing tonight, but basketball still, you know, a huge sport here in Indiana. And hey, I do got to ask you, since you're not going to the night game, practice at Brownstown's on for you then, right? Oh, do they have do they have races practice, already starting? practice tomorrow practice because we talked several times about how you know nick had the or nick matt has this built-in reason why he has to go to the racetrack on the weekends and that's because he's the voice of brownstown speedway (laughs) and i've always kind of envied that because i love the the racetrack and i always feel kind of guilty to leave you at home with a you know a toddler (laughs) and uh soon to be two yeah soon to be two children running around yeah I have always... Uh, that ought to make you feel even worse. It should. <laughs> but now, see, with the podcast... Oh, now you have to go. Yes. Uh, with Throttled Up, the podcast, with Nick being the voice, he can't... Matt, Matt why do I keep... <laughs> why? That's a second time. That's unreal. I feel like a girlfriend that gets called by another girl's name. <laughs> I know. The jealousy. Like cheating the, on you. The jealousy's on your face. I can see it. <laughs> Nick, it's because I love you. Um, <laughs> the best part is I'll know exactly when he listens to it because I will get a text message right about now. <laughs> so, but Matt has this built-in thing, and he can't be down in the pits to talk to these these drivers and all this stuff that's going on so i have to be there oh yeah yeah it's a tough job yeah you 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 sold that really well (laughs) really really well it does i mean it's you know every saturday you know you're in brownstown so well and and here in the studio i have a wonderful couch that i'm i'm pretty sure that i'll be sleeping on (laughs) on those saturday evenings when i come back home but that's okay you know Whatever it takes for the podcast. Oh, yeah, taking one for the team on that one, huh? <laughs> so, Callie, I'm going to throw out to you, you know, you being, you know, as we talk about the uh, the, the Seymour Regional coming up, and we talk about these, you know, the, the teams that are involved. Obviously, we see Evansville North playing Center Grove uh, in game number one, and then New Albany versus Bloomington South in game number two. What are your picks for the regional? Um, well, I believe, I, I mean, I, as much as I, I would love to see the upset, I think with, no, with Evansville North beating Center Grove, I would say Center Grove would probably win that one. Um, now, what was that for? I wasn't very happy with that choice. I know. Well, I just said, I know, but, and I believe that. Did Bloomington, Bloomington South and New Albany played earlier this year, I think? Uh, I don't know that those two did. I will look it I, up I, for some for reason, you. thought that they did and thought it was like a 15, maybe, I don't know, if about 20 point. But I was thinking it was like a New Albany won by a decent amount. But I, I'm, I'm not sure. 
Well, I do know that, I mean, if you want to play the game of, you know, six degrees to Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Um, the idea that I know Bloomington South beat Floyd Central. And oh, Floyd did Central they? did beat New Albany. They but did. Will, I'm looking it up right Is now. Is that right? Because I know Floyd had one loss, but I wasn't. I didn't know who their one loss was Their too. one loss was Bloomington South. Interesting. In there. Okay. I, I did believe not realize it, that. It was around Christmas time. I don't know if it was their holiday tournament or not, but... They did have one loss to Bloomington South. Well, let me see here. I'm pulling this up. Uh, yes, they did play. They played back second game of the season for okay. New Albany. I thought no- it was pretty early. November 25th, uh, New Albany beat Bloomington South 70-58. to 58. So a 12-point oh, 12. Okay. 12 win That's there. That's not terrible. Um, they did, and like I said, New Albany on December 8th lost to Floyd Central 47-49 to 49 in overtime. Right. But let me see here. December 30th, Bloomington South beat uh, New Albany, or excuse me, Floyd. beat Floyd Central by five okay. in overtime. So. I did not know that because, I, like I said, I knew that Floyd had one loss, but I was not. I didn't really know who it was from, and I did not think it was – I didn't realize it was Bloomington South. So Okay, so you're taking Center Grove in the early game, yeah. which is, you know, against my oh, better, better judgment. I know. Um, you're taking Center Grove in the early game, and you're taking New mm-hmm. Albany in the night game. Correct? In the second game, yeah. Okay, in the, yeah, in the second game. So in the night game, we've got New Albany versus Center Grove. Where are you going there? I don't really know. I don't really know much about Center Grove, to be honest. I don't have any idea. The uh, Well, what I will tell you what I've gotten the breakdown of is that they've got a, a NBA caliber kid. Is now, let me ask, is it like Dale Davis's son or something yes. play? Is that who you're talking about? Yeah, I believe uh, the the source I have... Uh, which is our athletic director told me he said they both have a pro that was his thing and i believe he said it was the yeah, davis okay. kid so i was gonna say i didn't realize until they were talking this week i didn't realize he had a boy that played there um which that i'm kind of excited to see that that'll be interesting that's not somebody we've seen very true yeah i've not seen, i mean obviously I've seen, obviously center grove play right but. i mean obviously we've, we've seen romeo i mean i saw that one front row so and and I've I've got to stick with my boy. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna say North upset Center Grove to keep the uh, shock the world idea alive, and then I'm gonna say it's North versus Bloomington South because as much as I think really as much as I think Romeo is a factor, I think J.R. Holmes has won 632 yeah, games. I agree with that. And there's no one who is more uh, technical and more fundamental than what J.R. Holmes and Bloomington South teams are. So I'm going to say they upset Romeo right off the bat. We get rid of the whole Damon Bailey chasing the points total right off. That's gone already anyway. Well, yeah. I mean, he's got to get like how many points to be able to get there. Like Floyd Central held him to 17. Right. Is that what he got there? So he's probably got to get like 50. Yeah. 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 And I've not even looked. And and the buy buy hurt him too. Yes, because he lost the game there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those ping pong balls, you know, I mean, the IHSA. The way I they hate, bounced, right, in a good way. So they, I hate to they be met. A con- conspiracy <laughs> They theorist. met in the final, in the sectional championship. But I mean, when you look at the whole sectional, the way it fell out, I mean, Jennings County and Seymour played the two teams who had the toughest seasons. The winner of that got New Albany on Friday night. Boy, that helped keep Romeo fresh to come into Saturday night to play. Floyd Central, 
Boy, those ping-pong balls two big, just fell out just right. The two best teams didn't meet till Saturday night. To make sure the sectional worked yeah, out the that, right I way. mean, that was set up like it was supposed to be set up. Right. You know, but well, no, but it's, it's, it's ping-pong balls. Yeah, they just pulled them out of the hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just leave it I mean, that. I didn't want this to be a conspiracy theory episode, so... Uh, but uh, yeah, so I do though. I think I think you give J.R. Holmes the chance in in the playoffs, um, and he's had a week to prepare for him. I think they take him out. I yeah. just hope that they watch the film on Floyd and seeing how Floyd Central guarded Romeo because every every point that Romeo got, he earned. In did you go to that game? I did not, but uh, Nick he went and he gave me a play by play and yeah. uh, he said most of Romo's points that game were from the free throw line. Is that right? Cuz he said every time he got the ball they double teamed him. So and I'll be honest, I I would have picked Floyd in that sectional game because I thought yeah. they That's by who I was far, rooting for. They they had the better group. I mean yeah. that group was impressive. Um you know Romeo is is Romeo though and and I'll be honest, I really think he misses the um and I can't think of the kid's name off the top of my head but the it was the superintendent of New Albany and Floyd County's son um, that played there a couple years ago. The great outside shooter they had. Um, I don't remember. Starts with an H. Got nothing. I can't I, help you at all. I can't. I can't <laughs> think of it right now. It, it'll come to me in a minute. But um, man, he could. He could shoot, and I think they're really missing that kid that was yeah. outside and could shoot. So, um, all right. Well, let's uh, let's move on a little bit and. Uh, you know, we've talked a little bit of racing, and again, I want to I want to take this time here to point out the idea of throttled up. You know, in this new podcast that Matt and I are starting, and that's Matt. Um, Nick will probably be a regular on the podcast, but I've called Matt and Nick a couple times, and you know, let's just be honest, they're really interchangeable people. <laughs> um, so you can just kind of, kind of. Yeah, I would like to make Nick, you know, at least a once a month guest because. I mean, he he loves racing just like we do. So I would like to see him as a uh, maybe an an Ed, Ed McMahon of throttled up, you know, where he sets in with us and he's he's just here. Yeah, you know, and because he, he's definitely worthy of giving any opinion, also because he he watches a lot of racing. I know. agree completely. The only thing I'm going to say is when you when you throw out the Ed McMahon idea, I'm not sure that Ed McMahon ever left the couch on the Johnny Carson show. Nick has to go home. Okay, you, you got a good point. There. He's, I, I don't want to come out to go to work the next day, and he's still sitting on the couch. So, Nick, you're welcome, but you have to go home. <laughs> but you can't stay here. Yeah, you don't. Well, that's true. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> just, just, just to throw that out. So, so I am going to say though, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna go a little bit back to the racing type thing. You know, Callie, your first year here in a little bit of a fantasy NASCAR pool, you jumped in. Um, I don't know if Dustin's broke it to you, but Danica's not racing Texas. <laughs> yeah, so so here's the thing. Dustin gives me this paper and is like, fill this out. And so I'm like, I don't even know anybody to fill out. And so I'm like, okay, well, I'll just look up. I said, I'm just going to look up the... Uh, daytona you know list and i'll just write them randomly on there and he's like good idea and i'm like okay so i sent it to him <laughs> for the majority of the drivers that is a good idea but you didn't inform me that there were drivers that were on there that were not going to race every other race callie 
we have the most ever in this in there this year, and I'm so glad that you are participating <laughs> with us. I'll put it that way. But you will not believe the studying that everyone does to see. I went as far as putting Cole Whit and um, Corey LaJoy on my Twitter account, and I sent them a personal message asking what races they were going to race <laughs> oh my gosh. so I could figure out where to place them in, the, in our NASCAR pool. I mean, that's that's where we're at with this. I told and Dustin I- whenever I sent him a picture, and I'm like, just tell just tell him not to everybody don't make fun of me because I really don't have any idea. And that's when he sent back or when he got home that night, he said, you know that Danica's not racing in all those races. She's only racing in this one and this one. I'm like, thanks for no, telling it's, me. It's only this one, yeah, which yeah. is Daytona. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, thanks. Thanks. Well, it, but I am going to throw out, and it's early, and in this league, it can go downhill really quickly. But I am going to point out right now, and to your credit, you are currently second in the points in the league. Which I was just, I was just glad because, like, so, like, I don't even know how many people are in that league, but, like... 19. Okay, I was going to say 20, so 19. Like, 15 of you guys put Danica on the first race, obviously, because that was the only race she's racing. she raced that. <laughs> and that's the only one she's racing. Yeah. But, I, I but will, I will, what place did she get? Whatever it was, my person ranked higher. Right, but l- I'm going to tell you right and now... And so I said, I'm going to take the 41... Or whatever it'll, it is. It'll that probably the, be 37. Yeah, years. because they, they can't get that many drivers right now. But. Well, that's even better for me. But she placed, like, way low. And so I'm like, well, you know, But here's what, what I'm But here's what I'm going to throw out right now. I will bet you. You're right. I took Danica Patrick in the Dan, the, the Daytona 500. But I will put you a $100 bet right now that... She finished better in the 500 than she will at Texas Motor Speedway. Oh, I didn't say that (laughs) she wouldn't. (laughs) And and you can go ahead and pay up right now. But I will say, you are currently in second place. Um, And let's see. Which that might change by the time this airs. So, you know. Because of next week. This is Friday night. That is true. By the time it airs, it could change. Uh, Currently on Friday night, Nick, who we've talked a lot about, fifth place. Uh, Matt in eighth place, um, and I'm somewhere you know closely behind those. Well, I'm in there twice because you know when we first started this league, we didn't have a whole lot of participants. So I, I took two cars, and I, I keep the two cars. And, and my second one is I'm down there with you. I think we're we're kind <laughs> like of bra- just right behind eight. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Our, our nickname might be Caboose right now in the league. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, but hey, you know what? I'm. I'm very confident in it right now because last year I started out like a fireball and I was up towards the top, and then about the last six races I fell apart. So I figure, hey, I'm having my lumps now only to grow. And you know, out of the the three the three girls that are in the league, you're all the leading girl out of the three. So <laughs> I just like how Dustin's like, just do it; it'll be fun. I think it was it was one of those just do it; it'll be funny for me to laugh at you. Like I think that's what it was. I totally disagree because I. I that, think, no, you I, cannot I think, disagree I think about he's, that. He's totally got your back on that one. <laughs> that's just, such a lie. It's a learning curve. <laughs> and, and let's be honest, right now I'm 17th and you're second. There's a lot of space <laughs> to make up right there. So what week? What week is the week ever? Whatever week I put Danica. When is that? Like, is it coming up so I can it's get like, over with? I think eighth or ninth. If, yeah, if I can yeah, yeah. So so at least we'll kind of get it over with here at the beginning, so that then we can move on from that. Yeah. Yeah, and, but and, and you'll you'll notice if you watch the guys that's been in it a year or two, we load the bottom end of the schedule and 
right do, do right. all the iffy ones at the beginning so that's uh at least you did that at the beginning and not the end so and this week you've got casey kane and i have right? i have kurt bush so i i tried uh, to spread a little yeah. bit out so i've got kurt coming into this weekend and hoping that he's gonna he's gonna do something for me so yeah i had zero strategy hey we brought up lane and we're kind of pushing throttled up and that was the first big name driver lane ever met when he was in diapers and kurt Ka- bush no casey kane casey kane all right and casey was a starving sprint car driver at that time because when lane was a kid my next door neighbor die hard sprint car fan owned a sprint car team and his race shop was 10 feet from my house and uh indiana sprint week came around and uh, my next door neighbor would let all the sprint car drivers if they didn't have nowhere to go come to his house and they could crash at his house really in between the races what a cool deal and uh, he had an outside like power wash area for his sprint car so they would all clean their cars and work on them lane comes over he is in a diaper and nothing else walks across and to hang out and here's a young casey kane starving in a sprint car racing indiana sprint week and lane climbs up in the in the in the sprint car and helps steer the car in to the to the race shop so they can work on it for the go racing that night and uh so, you know, when Lane gets a little older and realizes, hey, that guy racing NASCAR was the same guy that was starving in a sprint car. So, you know, Lane has rooted for Casey ever since then. So That's cool. That's really cool. I've never heard that story. That that's And, again, going back to what we talked about a lot on Throttled Up, that's that, that humble idea of, you know, race drivers. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and, you know Casey, you know, he's from Washington State. So, you know, he was away from everybody that he really knew – and that you know my neighbor took him in hey got a place for you to stay this week use my race shop to fix your car and uh you know we got to meet him before he was famous that's awesome very cool i'm gonna throw out to you right now matt because again you know we we brought you on to kind of announce throttled up and we're we're really excited about this whole new deal but and i already asked and it fell short on on the uh the nickname but we're gonna go with the voice um so i'm gonna put you on the spot again here just a little bit and ask you (laughs) If you had to pick one race memory, whether it's when you were calling races, I know we already talked on Throttled Up of going with your, your grandfather the first time, but if you had one great moment, whether it was, you know, a NASCAR race or a dirt track race or, you know, I, I mean, I'm assuming it'll be a sprint car race because there's no. Okay. Then obviously you've never <laughs> seen, assumption. you've never seen those ideas, but what would it be? What is the the moment that sticks out at the track? I'm gonna say the it's gonna be multiple moments, and it's been all the years that we would go over to Eldora for the World 100 and the Dream. Uh, there, at one time, it was like a little North Vernon over there. We would go over, and all of us camp together. I mean, it, there'd be you know 20 or 30 people from North Vernon, all of us camp together and hanging out, enjoying ourselves, and uh, just that atmosphere of you know we would camp together we kind of ate all of our meals over at the campsite together and we go over and sat in a big clump there and turn one at eldora speedway i mean that's i i couldn't you know we would be here for three hours if i told you all my memories at eldora speedway <laughs> like that so that was uh that's why i gotta say you know that really i i, I can see them in my mind i can pinpoint them but i you know i don't want to break them all down and you know each one of them because it'd be way too long talking so well, that's a great segue because that's a perfect time for me to also tell my wife that in the first episode of Throttled Up, um, I am going to Eldora Speedway this year, and, and it's, at least twice. 
And it's, I mean, it's it's a requirement of the podcast. Again, it's it's part of the job, right? It is, and yeah. I, I can't help it. I mean, my boss, Matt, is he's... He's Expects he's a slave a lot, driver yeah. a little bit, and he said, "Hey, you're going to go to Eldora and 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 do this stuff." So yeah, got I'm sure you're going to have a lot of working going on there. Well, I mean, I I'm Probably sure for about an hour and a half. I'm sure that we'll break off to have a little bit of fun, <laughs> Maybe but just not a lot. Little. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so that's cool. I mean the 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 idea of Eldora, um, and kind of that. Again, going back to what we talked about a little bit on Throttled Up, that community nature, that family nature of of the racetrack. So then I'm going to ask you this, because I'm going to follow up a little bit for a little bit more on, on track. Do you have a memory of a race or a moment that was one of the most exciting races you called, one of the most exciting moments you called, you know, something that you just that sticks out in your mind? Not, not really, because I mean, when I go out and and I call the races on Saturday night, I mean, I am in, I guess what I would call my element. I am super excited, you know, to be there doing that, and they all are pretty much genuine, you know, every Saturday night. So, but nothing that sticks out that was just an amazing, you know, accomplishment or a feat that a that a driver had that that you had, or or I'll I'll even talk- I'll, I'll I'll give you two from uh, one from twenty sixteen. And uh, another one from last year, 2016 young kid uh, in the pure stock class, not even a dirt late model. So, you know, we're in the pure stocks, drives a number 11S, Zachary Stalker. He won his very first ever feature event. He just went to college last year. So he was a senior in high school, wins a pure stock feature event at Brownstown Speedway. And I go down, because if you guys ain't never been to the racetrack, I go down and interview after every feature event talk to the winner we we you know we talk about it so zachary pulls in to the to victory lane climbs out of the car mom and dad are there and you know it's a family event zachary's crying because it's his first ever feature event dad is crying and zachary and dad hug and i will tell you what i was i i almost had like a voice quiver when i was trying to talk to him because it was a genuine moment of what you said unconditional love between a father and a son absolutely and zachary made the comment that he was so excited that they were at victory lane because him and his dad worked so hard to make sure they was at the racetrack every saturday night and then they made it to victory lane and i remember when i interviewed him i told him that i was so glad that i got to share that moment with them that uh you know because i was interviewing them because it was genuine and that's you, awesome you know a lot of guys get so almost calloused to yeah right. I won, i've won another race this was i cannot believe we finally did it and uh i guess as an announcer that was probably the greatest time ever and zachary's a good boy and uh you know he uh he's he's a guy you root for just because you want to root for him you know and uh and then last year a super stock driver by the name of tim shumpy won his first ever feature event and it was the same way and i kept calling it every week i'd be like you know he is strong every week i kept talking about like when they come out to hot lap that you know this guy is working up to win and he got his feature win and uh there wasn't as much emotion with tim as there was with with the stalkers but uh but it was still that culmination he he had finally gotten yeah he got you know what he had been striving for and it's such an enjoyment to be a part of that that you get to experience that with him you know and, and not just I'm sure it's great for the spectators, but because I get to actually interact with them, 
that that you would not believe you know what that what that's like so you know and and i'm gonna i'm gonna twist it a little bit on you because that truly to me shows who you are in the sense that you chose two classes of guys who had gotten their first win who were not the big name guys who wrenched it every week in their their own shops who worked their tails off to keep their cars on the track so i'm going to twist it, the question on you a little bit because and i and i mean that i i 100 I questions know, here yeah, yeah i know that's who you are but i'm going to twist the question a little bit in the sense that who have you been you know whether it was in the pits with or got the chance to interview in victory lane that was kind of the starstruck moment that you couldn't believe again you've been a race fan since you were five years old the first time you were at the track we talk about that and throttled up when you look at it who's that person that you're like oh my goodness i'm standing here actually talking to um it would have been last Dustin Roller. I knew that. I mean, that was what I was. I, I didn't want to jump in and say that, but you know, you are blessed to. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I always looked up to a guy out of Kentucky by the name of Dustin Linville, and his name was the Rooster. That was his nickname. He was the Rooster, and he won a race, and uh, I got to go down and, and I always rooted for him before I became the announcer at Brownstown Speedway. So when I got to interview him, that was like a, a, you know, a checklist moment that, and then, you know, Dustin don't even race anymore. You know, he decided that uh, he wanted to spend time with family and hung it all up. And I mean, he was a front runner, a guy that if he was in the race, you need to worry about him being the winner and uh, hung it all up for family. But when I got to interview Dustin Linville and Victor Lane at Brownstown Speedway, that was a, uh, I don't know if it's a starstruck moment, but it was like, like I said, a checklist moment that I got to interview him. So, that's a that's a pretty special moment, and I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to tell another story. Um, and again, I know Callie just laughed and said it's like it's like a hundred questions, but <laughs> but we're kind of introducing our throttled up podcast, and we didn't want our throttled up podcast to just be an interview with you because right. that's not the the structure of it. And I asked you to come on here and be a guest as well. You got the opportunity at the No Way Out two years ago to interview a young sprint car driver. Yeah, and, and uh, Brian Clawson is who, is who you're talking about. Am, am I correct? Yes. That uh, that really wasn't a starstruck moment. That was uh, at the time I interviewed Clawson. That I thought we were going to watch Brian Clawson at least multiple years at the Indy 500, if not you know, a full-time NASCAR driver or Brian Clausen was going to be around. I figured for the rest of my lifetime, because, his trajectory you know, was he was going to do anything he wanted. You know, to I'm in my mid forties and I thought, you know, I'm, I'm going to be an old man and Brian Clausen is still going to be wheeling something. And, uh, I remember I, Brian Clausen raced in California the night before the no way out that year. And I kept pushing, you know, this guy got on an airplane and flew from California to Indiana so he could come down to Brownstown, Indiana and race a sprint car race at Brownstown Speedway. To me, when I announced, I tried to be the race fan that gets to yell on the microphone all night. That's how I try to look at my job that night. So I try to say things that if I was sitting down in the stands with my friends, what am I going to be interested in? And that was a big deal that he left California, flew all night so he could get to Brownstown on a Saturday, and here he parks it in uh, – in the victory lane at Brownstown and we go down and we have a great interview. 
I talked to him for a few short minutes after the interview, and like I said, I thought he's the next big thing. And it is a short time after my interview with him in Brownstown that that he gets killed racing a race car, mm-hmm. and uh, and it crushed me. And you've been in my office a hundred times. And uh, you know that on the wall behind my desk, I have a picture of me interviewing Clawson in Victory Lane at Brownstown Speedway. So that's that shows you how important that that moment in my lifetime was. That you know, I want everyone you know to realize that that Brian, you know, he touched my my life. You know, in those those few moments that we got to celebrate his victory there. So, and and uh, I agree, and I like that you brought up that it wasn't a starstruck moment because I've heard you tell that story, and I knew what it meant to you. And that's why I wanted to bring it back around because I don't know that there's been a guy in racing and there's been a lot of guys who have passed away in racing and it's, and it's a, it's a sport that, that, that hit hard. But when BC was gone because it was so young with so much potential, I think it hit the racing world in a way that no one expected. It'll never be the same because of his void. I mean, you know, that's, that's the only way I can say it. And you know, the cool thing about that picture in my office that you've seen, I had no idea I was going to end up with that picture because the guy that took that photograph travels with the, the non-wing sprints. A year had passed to last year's No Way Out, and I walked down to Victor Lane to interview Chaz Bo- uh, Baseflug that, that won last year's mm-hmm. No Way Out, and that photographer was there, and he says, hey, before you go back to the tower, I have something for you. So a year plus has passed because, you know, we had the, the rain delay on the No mm-hmm. Way Out last year. And then he hands me this 8 by 10 of me standing in Victory Lane and Brian Clawson. So that was like, I had no idea that was coming. And, I mean, that is, you know, that's like one of my prized possessions just for the fact that he was the future of all kinds of motorsports. Yeah, right there, because right anything there. he, again, we talked a little bit about this on Throttled Up. There are guys who can jump in any kind of vehicle and be competitive. Doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. And, and Clawson was one of those guys. It didn't matter if it had a pedal and four wheels, he was going make it, to make it go. And, and I, I want to bring this up, and, and no doubt am I a Tony Stewart fan, but I think Stewart doesn't always get the credit for the human being that he truly is. Um, he's fiery. Is he, oh, is yeah. he a guy that will get into you? Yes, but... You know, one of the things that came out of that whole deal was, you know, and we talked about it on Throttled Up, but the idea that racing is a family. And these guys are behind those people. And I remember I read the article that uh, Brian Clawson's fiance, I believe, put up his racing helmet at a charity auction to try and help raise yeah. money for the family. Yes. And and I could be wrong, and, and somebody can correct me if I have the, the figure wrong, I believe that Tony Stewart bought that helmet for $40,000. That's the number I heard also. Okay. And then you're going to say he gave it back to And he to gave her. the he- helmet oh, back really? to the, the yes. fiance. Yes. He purchased the helmet at the charity right. auction. And and I believe, and again, someone can correct me, but I'm glad you, you heard the same thing. I believe he spent $40,000 to buy hit Brian's race helmet. But after buying it, and and I and and I want to make this clear. From what I understood in the article, he didn't make a scene of it at the auction. He yeah. accepted the helmet. He gave his, you know, he made his payment, and then behind the scenes took it to the fiance and said, yes. "You deserve to keep this." And I'm, I'm going to tell you something else that ha, that Brian personally changed my life with, and it came after I watched a uh, a show on ESPN when I realized 
Brian was an organ donor and his heart is still beating in another man's chest right now that I actually, the next time I renewed my driver's license after that, I changed and became an organ donor myself because I was touched with that. Brian still reached out after the fact and is still touching people today. Hmm. So, you know what? That's amazing. I had never heard that, that, that he was an organ donor and that his heart is in someone else today. That is, that is absolutely. And in the show on ESPN, his, his fiance and family went and visited the gentleman with, with his heart and the gentleman let him listen to it and 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 oh, i mean it, that reacted to me and i when i renewed my driver's license i actually changed it to become an organ donor because i was inspired that much by brian's story that's very cool and, and you know that that kind of leads me into another another story that i heard today and i was talking to a, a, a friend of mine and his sister-in-law has uh, a kidney issue and his sister-in-law has had one kidney transplant already but his wife was supposed to be the kidney donor for the first kidney and they were a perfect match well right before she went in to be the kidney donor there was a an accident and they found a different kidney so they didn't end up taking hers well anyway when they put the kidney in it changed the whatever the the things are that you know make it a perfect match so she this kidney is now starting to fail again she needs another kidney the wife the sister is no longer a perfect match to her oh, she man. was several years ago is not now but they've worked out this thing they figured out a way the wife is going to donate a kidney to a person in louisiana there is someone from that area who has family that's not a perfect match for this person that's going to donate to the sister-in-law really so it's like this this trade of kidneys but you know, again, same kind of thing. If you're not an organ donor, go out and be one. Yeah, I totally agree. And I never thought about doing it before I seen that story on ESPN. And I was like, you know, I mean, I was just compelled. I have to do this. And I'll be honest, we were at, and it was kind of cool. I'd never seen it before. We were at the Indy Fuel game Saturday night and went up to watch a little bit of hockey game. And they do a thing where, you know, it's kind of like a contest. But if you're an organ donor, you pull out your ID and you wave it. And then they choose a certain section and row. And if you're in that row, you win a prize pack if you're an organ donor. So I thought that was a really cool way. And it was kind of, it was amazing to me to see the amount of IDs that were out waving that were organ donors. And, And again, you know, I can't imagine being that family that someone's life is spared because of that gift that somebody gives. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's a, you know that's a really cool thing and again if you're not check out that you know the Brian Clawson story on ESPN and and consider being an organ donor. So, um, Callie, I'm going to throw it to you now. You know when we talk about favorite race story, <laughs> um, you've had to sit here and watch several races with me, and I've got an idea of what your answer is going to be on this one. Okay. If you think about one race. That is your favorite memory, whether it's NASCAR, you've been to the dirt track twice <laughs> in your entire life. Three times. She just cheated the front gate yeah. on the third one. There. We didn't even stay that long. <laughs> well, that's what I would say, too, if I cheated the front gate. I only showed up. I to mean, the- I don't mean like I shouldn't have paid. I'm just saying, like, I don't even know that you would count it as actually going. I only showed up to I- the movie for the preview, so it <laughs> yeah. doesn't count if I left already. That's not what I was saying. <laughs> Do you have a race moment that really sticks out to you? <laughs> I don't know. You know, 
you told me last year for the No Way Out that she was amazed that the announcer at Brownstown was texting you, telling you who was at the racetrack. You Absolutely. Yeah, when we were getting ready to leave, and I said, hey, Matt just texted me and said, <laughs> Chase Briscoe is at the racetrack. Yeah, we need yeah. to be there. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, and I will bring it up, I thought you would say the race last year. I think I, that that would probably be if okay, I Okay, go ahead then. If that's what I, I want to see if I'm right. <laughs> I don't, I guess this is just the only racing memory I have. I don't know. I just, I don't know. The one I'm thinking of is the race that, because obviously the league that you were in, uh, or not the league that we're, we've been talking about making fun of me about, but the other league, uh, to where you've got your three drivers or four drivers, whatever you had at that point, when you had, I don't couldn't even tell you the race, but I know we were watching it out on the deck. There you go. I was right. That's the one I was thinking of. <laughs> and, and, and the first time in league history, my drivers finished one, one two, two, three. three. Yeah. Yeah. That's impressive. Did Absolutely. you have four drivers at that Trifecta. point or was it three? It was just three, three drivers. Three. Yeah. And it was um uh it was actually Stenhouse. It was yeah, because it was Talladega. It was when Ricky Stenhouse won his first race. And I went one, two, three yeah. last year. And that's actually what, what brought me into the lead and carried me to the win yeah. was those one, two, three. And that's what I thought you would you would bring up as your because, race. Because I memory. mean we had it out on the deck and I don't even know what we were doing out there. If we were messing around or just watching it, I can't remember, but I know that we we no we were doing something maybe we were putting lights on the deck or something, I don't know but we had like stopped and we were watching and as it came around that last time and you were like oh my gosh and it happened. By the way, I won in that league, Pete. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> if Pistol is listening, Matt wants in, and we we could use it. We could use another one. Really, ten would be really good. Better than you're not. I say I know you've got a ninth now. Yeah, we're at nine now. Ten would be really good. That would cut us to thirty drivers. That would be that would make it even more interesting than what it is now. But a lot of fun. <laughs> Way to throw that in there. <laughs> Absolutely. Get it in. All right. Well, we're at an hour and eight minutes. Um anything else, Cal? What what's your favorite race moment? You've asked us a hundred questions. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so, good call. That's fair. I'll be honest. I think I and I and I can't tell you the year because it was it was several years and it's probably two and again I'm going to go back to me being a, a Stewart fan um, and I'm going to go with for my for my NASCAR memory it would be with Stewart and it would be one of the the multiple races he won at Martinsville Speedway and there was nothing as much as I love a lot of different tracks the one I've never been to is is Martinsville Speedway and I would love to to be there. Uh, there is something about having to drag race down the straightaways and then hit those tight turns. And Stewart was magical there for a while. Oh, and, yeah. And, you know, and him and Gordon were, if they were the two that's going to win. No one, no one could touch. And I loved watching him at Martinsville. The second part of that NASCAR kind of memory would be seeing him on the road courses. And, and I know as a, most NASCAR fans are like, they hate road courses. I still love road courses because it's such a change and there's nothing I love more than when they put the camera on the pedals and getting to see these guys and a guy like Stewart, a guy like Gordon that could truly road race that was still a, still an oval guy because I know there's those road racers that work in watch them work the pedals and be able to race those things is amazing. That heel toe technique. Oh that, my God. You know, 
I, I remember being younger and trying that, and I couldn't even come close. You know, it's amazing how they can work two pedals with one foot and, you know, and, and still have another foot for the clutch and everything else. That, that is amazing. And that's what, and again, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want NASCAR to be all road courses, but I have no problem with the ones they throw in. And I'm going to be honest, and I know this is, in, in this area, this is going to sound really bad. I wish Indy would go to the road course. <laughs> so are you looking forward to the Roval at Charlotte in the, in the playoffs? A hundred percent. I am too. I think that 100%. will be one of the most exciting races this year. I, and because especially because it's in the playoffs, and and that's why. And again, I'm 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 willing to see with them bumping back the the brickyard out of the August heat, which was just yes. miserable. Yeah. But I'm going to argue anyway when you move them. And and I will say this: I shouldn't I shouldn't be as negative as what I'm getting ready to be. The Xfinity series showed some raciness last year with the package they had. Yes, but the. The Indianapolis Motor Speedway is not a stock car, stock car track. It's just not set up for those kind of cars. I would love to see them put them on the Grand Prix track and let them race that there. You brought up the the Brickyard. I got to tell you another another race story. Then, when the Indianapolis Motor Speedway proposed, they were thinking about letting NASCAR race there. They had a a tire test. You know that's how NASCAR was selling. They were going to test do a tire test with NASCAR there. I worked for my family then in a machine shop. I was early, early 20s. And, you know, like I told him, throttled up, my grandpa, diehard race fan, he comes to me. He was my boss. Tells me we need to go to Indianapolis for, for work is, is the story he tells me when we're there. So he wanted me to drive. So me and him drive to Indianapolis. I'm like, where are we going? We get on the interstate. He tells me we're going to the Speedway. I had no clue that nascar was doing a tire test at the speedway so we get there and we actually sat for an afternoon the first time ever nascar had been on the indianapolis got on the track and we watched the tire test and then the next year they announced they were having the indianapolis you know the brickyard 400 so that was uh that was pretty cool for the first time ever to see that right there so that was that's another like i told you in throttled up you know my grandpa is the only reason i'm a race fan because he needed a buddy to go to the races you know so (laughs) Me and my brother became those buddies. So, so, and that's and again, and not not knocking the Indianapolis Motor Speedway because it's iconic, and I know that a lot of NASCAR people still want it to be raced on the same track. But I do think the idea of putting it on the road course would be an interesting idea. But if I move away from NASCAR, I mean, obviously. And I and I really hope we can get Chase not only on the show on Throttled Up, Chase Briscoe. I hope I can get him here live because I have a wonderful youth medium risky brisky t shirt that I want him to sign next to his dad's name. But watching Kevin <laughs> Callie, how's he looking at youth medium? <laughs> I was digging through shirts that day and I'm like, You want this? You want this? And he's like, Oh my gosh and I hold it up and it is rather small (laughs) well i mean if i was gonna say i looked at it in the mirror i would say slightly snug slightly i would say it's kind of like get it on oh i i i know i can get it on i'm concerned it it, you just have to cut it off (laughs) yeah i'm concerned about getting it off and it i mean it's and i mean it's vintage i mean that is risky brisky driving school but watching kevin briscoe get around in you know the number five at, at Bloomington Speedway, the Briscoe Mobile Homes uh, Sprint Car, 
there was something special about that. And again, I grew up in Mitchell, Indiana, and, and it's really cool to watch a kid like Chase go from a place with one stoplight in the town and and he's racing in the truck series. He's racing the Xfinity series. And in the next couple of years, he'll be racing in the, the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup series. He's another one that he'll race whatever he wants to race. Oh, because, in a heartbeat. You know, he, and, uh, you know, I'm going to throw out another name. You know, Chase, you know, kind of comes from the, the sprint car side of things. And I'm going to say Bobby Pierce because, you know, he gets in the, the trucks when uh, the NASCAR trucks show up at Eldora. And Bobby ain't afraid to, you know, mash the gas and, and, and race. So, you know, he Danville, Illinois, I know you're originally from Illinois. So there, there's I, another, another connection to you. Oh, even more than that, born in Danville, Illinois. And, you know, that's where the, the Pierces are from, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the tall, cool one, Bob Pierce, you know, raced for years, won everything he ever thought about racing. Actually, he's probably one of the very first guys I ever seen on a racetrack was a number 32 dependable carburetor car. And, you know, on the bottom of the car, tall, cool one is what it said. And, mm-hmm. you know, and he lived up to that name, you know, that talk about nicknames. How cool of a name is that? Oh, yeah. If you can be anything, you want to be the tall, cool one. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. yeah. Those are all the things that have never been said about my wife. I knew that was coming. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Neither tall. Well, I'll move on. Um, <laughs> just wait till we get going on short jokes. I've heard all of those too. The uh, just to to totally divert from racing. The worst decision I ever Don't made. Even talking about gonna, it. Uh, oh my! It's the worst present ever. Oh yeah, it, it went over really poorly obviously we have made fun of callie for several years about her height which by the way i just want to throw out your average and the size the average height of a woman is five five and i am actually five five and a half so i'm slightly above average yeah um how tall are you six foot i'm six three and my girlfriend is five three Woo. She, yeah. Don't go home tonight and tell her that you found out she's below average. I don't yeah. want that to happen. It is below average. Five five. That's uh, it. Look it up. But so, you know, we've always teased my wife about being short, and her family <laughs> has always, you know, joined in in that yeah, and thought they, it's hilarious. They, it's so funny. That I pick on her. So we were only dating, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to her family Christmas. I'm going to do something that'll be really funny. So I go to Goodwill. And I buy a pair of Nike tennis shoes from Goodwill, the the worst looking pair you can buy. And I literally screw a set of two by fours on each one of them and write Cal Airs on the side for Callie. I wrap them up in a box and we're sitting at her family Christmas and she unwraps these tennis shoes with two by fours screwed to the bottom. She immediately just put them back down, walked to her room, didn't speak to me the rest of the night. <laughs> it was, was over. It was, was done. Not even funny. That's it, actually kind of cool. Oh, it, it was, was hilarious. I wish I knew where they went now because now that we're married and she she's I mean, there's a lot of baggage if she leaves me now. I'd love to have them back, <laughs> but I don't know where they went. The trash, probably. I'm sure you've probably threw them away. So there was an original pair of Cal Air tennis <laughs> shoes that that went over like a lead balloon. But the other one I want to bring up, and and we talked a little bit about it during Throttled Up, but you know, I, to talk about Kevin Briscoe and to talk about NASCAR, the other one, and and I brought up Salem Speedway, and I and I grew up, and when I was in high school, I had a good friend whose uncle loved Salem Speedway, and we used to go down and camp down there. 
and spend time at Salem Speedway and get to watch the ARCA cars and things like that. And when you talk about a guy who just loved to race, I I can remember watching Frank Kimmel drive oh, down yeah. there. And you talk about a guy that could wheel an ARCA car. There was nothing better than watching Frank Kimmel on the high banks at Salem Speedway. And that's always a memory that I'll hold really dear to my heart is watching him wheel around that place. He pretty much carries the Arca series on his back. I mean, you know, he, he's been involved in Arcas for so long that, I mean, Frank Kimmel is the face of Arca. Absolutely. And, and, and you talk about a guy who I believe could have had opportunities to go somewhere else, but just love that idea of being in that series and what it meant to him and, where it put him, it, he's a really special individual. You know, you brought him up, and it's kind of funny. I kind of I jumped on the ARCA website today for just a minute. And as soon as I jumped on there on the homepage, it has him and a young Ty Dillon <laughs> racing ARCA, and Ty dumps Kimmel for the win. And, you know, Ty Dillon pulls into victory lane, and in the window, as soon as he gets there, is Frank Kimmel letting him know that he didn't appreciate the way he was raced there. And, you know, you look at the people that have come and gone through the ARCA series in Frank Kimmel's career, he has seen them all. He's kind of like the professor. I mean, he's kind of the professor of stock car racing. It's like you have to get through his class in the ARCA series in order to be successful later on. And that's awesome that you bring up Ty Dillon because it's like you got to go through it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Frank, there was nothing like when I used to watch him at Salem Speedway because he was going to bang you. Oh. I mean, there was no, there was never a car that Kimmel pulled in the pits that was clean. I no, mean, but he's old school. You know, he came from the time that, you know, the Dale Earnhardt's, and you, that's how you raced. You know, that, that was the way it was. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we're at an hour and 20 minutes in. Callie, you look super excited about talking racing. <laughs> I just, I obviously from my my uh, paper I filled out, you can tell I don't know anything. Well, I'm going to throw out that you're probably not going to be a guest on Throttled Up. The good news is you are still the co-host of Married with Children. <laughs> I haven't got fired from this yet. <laughs> well, the good news is you just is, haven't found a replacement. Well, there was a lot of good feedback about the episode with NC. Oh yeah kicking me off yeah i was nervous about coming on honestly after her you know that's uh and that we're gonna go back to nick that's what he tells me i feel sorry for you because you're not near as funny as she is <laughs> you know that, that's what he tells me so i knew i was gonna come in and people are like this is horrible compared to nc's episode well, and and uh, hey, i'm gonna tell you nc i wore exactly what you said i was going to by the way tonight yes uh, i forgot to do this at the beginning and it is important for nc that <laughs> yeah. we announce what everyone is wearing because it was a huge decision for her on what she would wear and and i'm currently in a wonderful jennings county uh ffa t-shirt callie is in a iu sweatshirt and matt is in exactly what nc thought he would be in he is in a, a race T-shirt from the Indiana Icebreaker, a pair of jeans, and his black and white checkered vans that she didn't believe he owned, but I can verify he owns black and white checkered vans. <laughs> NC, I actually put a hat on just for you because you thought I would wear a hat. So when I left the house, I put on a hat just because that way I would hit exactly what you was guessing at. So you, you had it hit the nail on the head, <laughs> NC. He, he came just like you thought he would. 
Um, hey, the, the last thing I want to leave with is, you know, check out Throttled Up with Matt and Dustin. It's going to be on Apple iTunes, anywhere you can uh, get your podcasts. And come out to the racetrack. You know, that's the thing. You know, we talked a lot and throttled up, but I want, I want to throw back to go out and visit your local racetrack and, and, and see what you think. If you don't enjoy it, you don't have to come back, but at least give it a chance. When you talk about entertainment in small towns, this is an opportunity to see some really big guys that put a lot of time and effort in. Go out and watch your local local racetrack. Bring your family. I mean, it is family oriented, so you know, don't think you just have to come. Bring bring your entire family, and everybody sit there and enjoy it. And I'm going to add to it, Dustin, that uh, if you think you want to be a guest on Throttled Up, hit us up. You know, we'll sit and talk racing, and uh, you know, we'll go from there. So, you know, don't forget to hit us up on that. Absolutely, and I'm going to say, Matt, thanks for coming and being a guest on Married with Children as well. Um, very excited to set start this next podcast with you. Uh, and just a quick announcement looking forward ahead for married with children, the podcast looking to record our next episode, uh, with a young lady who I'm very impressed with. Her name's Ashley Yoder. If you don't know her, look her up. She's an MMA fighter in the UFC, uh, from, as we've talked a lot about Chase Briscoe tonight from Mitchell, Indiana. Uh, went to high school with Ashley, and she just fought in UFC 222. Got totally robbed by the judges at UFC 222. But she's going to be our guest on the next episode of Married with Children, and and a very impressive young lady, and and a, hopefully a great interview. So, Callie, anything from you? I'm good. All right, Matt. I just appreciate you letting me, you know, come on and talk, and I, I'm super excited for us starting to throttled up and. Uh, I think we would do great things with that. All right. Thank you. Hey, and get out to Brownstown Speedway. If for anything else, listen to the voice of Brownstown (laughs) Speedway, Matt, the voice staples, um, along with Callie, Calair's roller, and Dustin, roller coaster of Uh, love. (laughs) (laughs) This is Married with Children. Have a great week.